And we're back. Or are we? Um, I don't know. Wait, yes, I do. Like, I want to be back. I want us to be back. But are we back? Hmm. Let's see, let's see. Um, I'm still deciding as I record this if this will be a mid-season bonus or the next episode. Um, I, I don't know, but I... What I do know is that I need I needed to record this. So I'm not in my usual setup. Uh, I don't know if the sound is any different. If it isn't, that's concerning. Because uh, that means that the setup that I have is like meaningless uh but i hope it's different i hope that you can get like oh is not in his usual setup um i'm in a parking lot just whipped out my phone and wrote down some points on my hand i'm not even joking um of what i wanted to speak about and i don't know how long this will be hopefully it will be less than half an hour but what as i was writing the points down i was like okay this might be just might be an episode that's why i'm i'm torn i hope it's not going to be that long um but i just wanted to start this um lost forwards there start this by uh first of all apologizing if you hear any, any background noise um again like i said parking lot uh cars going by there's planes up top there's like people passing by so i hope that their sound is not going to get picked up by the mics on my phone but if they do then i apologize but i have tested and i've seen that even in the background noise i'm still audible and that's all that matters um yes so first things first um i have prayed over this <laughs> um it has been a a very interesting few weeks the initial plan was to take like two or three weeks off uh you know middle of the season uh just to kind of relax unwind um have some time away from any mics or any conversations about faith per se in this kind of structure um and to just rest and it has been that most of the time and i thank god for that but what started as potentially two weeks turned into i think it's been seven or eight now you know going on maybe two months and that's not good for consistency um but again i thank god that it fell at a time when we had decided that i had decided that this will be the season uh midpoint and if you haven't listened to the previous episode it was so amazing i would encourage you to go back and listen to it um wisdom uh, pastor E from my church, my church pastor, Hillsong Nairobi has, was so good, uh, dropped knowledge and wisdom. And I cannot wait to kind of have him back or have other people that I'm excited for you guys to listen to because the past few weeks has been so good in the conversations that we've been having with um, old friends, with new friends, with acquaintances. It's just been so good seeing what God is doing in the kingdom. Uh, but it's not been all like, like it wasn't just a break and I was just chilling and relaxing and everything was okay. It was a difficult season in my life. That's why things have gone kind of like the podcast, unfortunately. And I hope that will not be the case moving forward, but I had to take a back seat for some for some of those few weeks in in this break um and it was the last thing that i wanted to do or the last thing that i could do and i would love to tell you all about it now nah, i'm not now nah, i'm not gonna lie i would not love to tell you all about it because that's it's personal but um just a major shout out to every single person that was there for me um with me uh praying and i just thank god like it's 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 in these times that the word of God is active in a way that goes beyond the words in a book. It's like you begin to see the power behind the words. And 
we've all gone through these seasons. My, my, my experience, although unique on the surface level, fundamentally is the same. It is a story of suffering because of the brokenness of the world, a story of uh, just unfortunate events because of the nature of the world, because of our own decisions, because of things that are uh, not in our power, but it is a breaking and a separation from God uh, nonetheless. So even though my experience may have been unique in terms of the surface level, like I said, fundamentally it is the same and the same God, the same faith, and the same understanding that we have of the word allows us to navigate these spaces. And I thank God for all the individuals that stood in the gap for me the same way that I have stood in the gap for other people during their times. And that is what the faith is all about. Um, with that being said, I think it's very important and uh, it it is... I think today's conversation um, or what I have in my heart that I wish to share to you that I have just whispered a prayer over like God I've been meaning to do this and I've been in this space I'm like oh yeah let me just get home let me do this let me do one two three and one thing has led to to another the past few days and I'll just not be able to record at home and today just having the time right now um, to do this uh, I just decided yeah let's go ahead let's do it um but it's interesting that it happens right now because the past few days specifically have been very um I I I hope I use I hope this is the right word um because I'm not thinking it all the way through but it's been very impactful on me when it comes to having an acute understanding of the word of God and I'll tell you how that plays in in the next however many minutes I will keep talking um, I given myself like the normal episode time so I'm in no rush <laughs> um, so I have three points that I scribbled on my hand that I wish to kind of express um, and this is a very freestyle episode and I think I think it's it's really nice because it's in these moments that um, I get to kind of see the word of God in my life and in my heart, how, how it kind of, how I regurgitate the, regurgitate, regurgitate, I don't know, how I kind of um, have the word that is sitting in my heart come out, um, not necessarily through a Bible verse like, oh, Luke chapter, you know, this and that and that. It's like just how in my speech, in my normal conversations, which is what has been the case the past few weeks, that's why it's been so hard but so good, um, kind of having what is in my heart come out and seeing, kind of taking a step back and looking at myself and seeing the finished work of Christ within me that is still continuing. It is finished and continuing. That's a very interesting topic that I will get into um, another time. Uh, but it's like kind of stepping back and seeing that, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's not just about, like it's not always just been, okay, I know the Bible. It's like the Bible knows me. God knows me, I know God, we have a relationship that doesn't always, like 24-7, require me to be holding a Bible, but 24-7 I have the Word of God echoing in the chambers of my heart when it is, when I'm low, when I'm down and I'm defeated, and that that's my prayer for everyone around my life, and that's what I've seen these past few weeks, and it has been so amazing and encouraging. Um, anyway, I'll stop talking about the past few weeks, because it feels like I'm just like, tell us what happened um no but um let's stay on track i have three points that i wish to talk about um and the three points that are that have been so fundamental in the direction that this year will go in for uh for me and my friends and my close friends and hopefully for you uh, but most importantly for the podcast and all the other things that we're doing um, when it comes to just the creative side of things and when it comes to how we plan to kind of just progress the kingdom of God. Um, so yeah, the first one, the first point that I wrote down on my hand, this is so weird, <laughs> this is wrote down on my hand, um, is past disappointments or even just disappointments in general. Um, so I, I don't know why this was the first one, but it's just the first thing that came to my mind was like, God, I, 
like when you tell me to take out my phone and record what what is it that you want me to say and this was the first thing like talk about disappointment talk about specifically being disappointed as a christian from the faith perspective and um obviously this will build into the next two points but the thing that has really got me going about this topic of disappointment and perhaps i think it would be a great idea um i encourage anyone uh, that's listening that wishes to take on the role of holding me accountable to what i'm about to say but i we should have a conversation a group discussion uh, a panel discussion even um on this podcast or on whatever platform um about disappointments as a christian so please hold me accountable to that i would love to make that come come true um but disappointment in the faith it's very real and it's very hard <laughs> uh because i can't remember who i was having a conversation with this was a couple of weeks back um we were talking about how um oh man i need to remember who it was because it was quite ah oh gosh i i can't i can't remember but it was someone like an elder in the faith someone who is way more advanced in the faith than i am in time and knowledge and wisdom and i thank god for those people in my life i just can't remember who it was for the love of me but we were talking about being disappointed in the faith and oh i remembered yes it was my aunt flo yes aunt flo if you're listening um thank you so much for the wisdom um and the 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 bars that you dropped that night we were hanging out um uh aunt flo was talking about um disappointment and she was talking about disappointment in the christian sense how like we work for god and we still get hurt we work for god and we do things for the kingdom not expecting anything in return but at the very least expecting that the things that we're doing for god would go well um so i don't know if i have permission to share this but if i don't i'm sorry auntie flo um she was giving an example of giving like giving of time giving of space giving of even finances um yeah yeah i think i can i can give the example without going into the detail so i should be okay so she was giving the the she was giving me the example of what it looks like to give as a christian and how she she gave and i i could relate to this where i've given my time money resources whatever it was and it really i went out of my way like i i was like god this is something that i've never done before this is it's a leap of faith based on what i've heard in your word or how you've impacted me and i want to give this not from a selfish place but this this is for you and she gave this example of a time when she gave of her time resources um and all that and then it backfired like the giving did not go as planned it's like um she went out of her way into uncharted territory when with nothing but faith in Christ so it's it's not about what she gave it's not about what she was giving of herself it was the fact that i believe that i've heard of this from god and this is very frustrating because why has it not worked out god i thought that because it's your thing you would take control of it and you would have things done your own way so i can give an example um like imagine um you know getting a prompt from the holy spirit let's let's use finances as because that's the thing that's closest to our hearts so have finances and it's like okay god i don't know what to do with this or i i i would love for you to just guide me through this like how can i how can i do this how can i give uh and prompting of the holy spirit let's say causes you to give to a charity or even start something like go above and beyond in a way that would leave you high and dry with nothing but faith in god to provide the rest of the way and to get into that space and then have uh the money stolen or have the project collapse because of some activities that were not regulated um or have someone swindle you or have just like lose the money in a way that leaves you very down because you're like this god this was for you <laughs> this was for the orphans this was for the provision of the kingdom this was for that so like i had nothing to gain except just the the joy of giving and as soon as i gave into this place that was supposed to be going into helping other individuals um or other projects then it's taken away how how do i deal with that disappointment god 
God, how do I deal with with the fact that I can be um, like again giving another example? I can be sick, and you know that I've been working for you, and you know that this this is causing me very great discomfort that I cannot participate in the things that you have called me to. Why is it that there's this death that leaves us in a place where we cannot provide for ourselves emotionally, mentally, physically, or in any other way? Like, why is it, God, that this thing is happening when we have committed to you and you are supposed to be our foundation, our provider, the assurance that these things are not to happen? And and, and it's a it's a place that we find ourselves not from a point of entitlement, but from a point of pain and disappointment. Because you're like, God... This is not how I thought it would go down after sacrificially giving. And again, I need you to really understand, it's not from a place of God, you owe me this. It's from a place of God, I did what you asked me to. I wish that it would turn out with the vision that you gave me because that vision was beyond me. Like I was supposed to help someone that was really less fortunate or supposed to give into a cause or supposed to donate something or supposed to help out in a way or or even if it has nothing to do with me, just like supposed to join alongside a team that goes into doing something great for the kingdom. And when it doesn't work out, there's this disappointment that almost makes us think, um, and I, this is where like it gets very real. It almost makes us think and sometimes straight out makes us think that God is suffering with us in terms of he's just as confused as to what happened. He's like, oh, I, I thought this would work out too, my son, my daughter. I thought I thought that this would be okay. I thought that this would be fine. I, I, I thought that when I asked you to do this, it would work out the way I wanted it to work out, but it hasn't. So like, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't see this coming. And it's very easy to see God that way because in those times we are in the spaces where we're human, where we are like we we tend to kind of equate God's mind to our minds or, or, or even if not our minds, like the mind of someone wiser and older, but human nonetheless. And it's like, oh man, God, so you didn't see this? I'm so disappointed. Like, is it possible that the things of this world, the patterns of this world, my own decisions, because let's be honest, sometimes it's 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 our own issues and I'll I'll get into that. Um it's like our own decision. Like God, was I did I sabotage something that you had in store for me or for other people? Did I, you know, like was this thing or was I so powerful in my disobedience or in its brokenness that it caught you off guard? Disappointments. And another way that we can look at this disappointments is, and I was having a conversation with one of my best friends, Tuggy. Tuggy Tugs, love you so much. Um, honestly, I do love you so much. And we were talking about, um, uh, so Tuggy is very talented and you've heard her in the episode one, or was it two? Episode two? Yes, about friendships. And if you haven't listened to that podcast episode, please go listen to it because your Christian friendships need to really, really change. Um, anyway, I digress. So we were talking about the disappointment in service, like how we go to God and there's this thing he's put in our hearts. And because we're human and like this is, I'm not justifying it, but like giving it its context and how we fall into this trap and how I found myself in this trap. Because we're human, we have expectations that go unspoken or even just, we don't even think about them. And it's like, um, when that isn't, when that doesn't come to pass, we feel like, okay, maybe I'm not in the right place. So in context, um, Tugi, we, we were talking about, um, how we reach people. Like, you know, through the internet, you know, doing Instagram lives, uh, doing like, you know, uh, forums, holding forums, having concerts, like where we invite individuals who are in the faith to come, you know, sing worship or, you know, teach the word, stuff like that. And how the attendance is so low. And it always feels like, God, man, we're putting in so much effort and there's nothing to show for it because like, man, I could go on a live and I have thousands of followers and only three show up or even zero. Um, I could, you know, host this thing that is so amazing that I know is of you because it has been so big um, in my heart, in my life. And it's like uh, only three people show up. 
and we had planned for like i don't know 500 or something like that and it happens like this and you're like my god i'm i'm so disappointed because i thought you were in this with me or was this another test were you testing me and if you were like when does it stop when does it end disappointments christian disappointments and the reason why i bring up chugi is because of what she said to me and it's something that we all probably know but we can easily get lost in it because of just life <laughs> you know we are in constant need of a savior constant need of reminding constant need of rebuke condemnation and encouragement um and and she just looked at me she's like yo listen even if it's for that one um that's the one that god has sent even if it's zero the best thing about the internet is that you save stuff for later <laughs> And she gave this amazing example. She said, maybe the person that needs to see this isn't even in this space yet. In any way, shape or form. Maybe maybe they're not even born yet. Maybe they're not even Christian yet. Maybe they've not come across this. Maybe they've not gotten to that place where they need to get to. That low that they need to get to where this will be a lifeline through Tugi, through whoever it is. But it is God working through that individual. And it really got me thinking because it's stuff that I knew but stuff that I had forgotten because of the disappointment that had been surrounding me personally. And I was looking at it, I was like, you know that, it you've not said anything new, but it all sounds so new to me. And I looked at that and I thought of, I, I thought of the slow decline in my life when it came to you know, yes, we do this for God, 100%, but also kind of looking at the numbers, looking at, oh, okay, um, how many people listen to the podcast? Oh, oh, so we're trending here. Oh, so we're top here. And then when those numbers start to decline, I'm like, oh, no, what's happening? And I jump to all these conclusions and I start to get insecure and I'm like, okay, who can I call on the podcast? Who can I have in ministry? What, what can I do? What can I do differently to make sure that the numbers are growing instead of what can I do to make sure that I'm serving God or am I still serving God? And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I was like, Oh no, I know for a fact I have not lost myself in that world. And I thank God for that, but I did not see the very gradual decline, the very, very, like it's a very minuscule slope I, I i wasn't i had not started to notice the effort that i was putting in going up this hill that was not supposed to be a hill it was supposed to be a like a plateau and i was like oh my god this is what disappointment does if it goes unchecked we begin to want to find worth in other things and when not if when those things fail us then we're in this space where God is now challenging us. It's like, okay, so now you know it's failed you. Will you come back to me or will you be too ashamed and too embarrassed or will you double down and want to do things by your own way? Disappointment. <laughs> and like I said, these three points should be, um, actually, like when I said earlier, hold me accountable to this, I think on all these three points, we should have a panel discussion and really explore them. Uh, but yeah, like, past disappointments and current disappointments even as a christian they can be very discouraging they can lead us to places where we feel like we have done something wrong to god and he's punishing us or where we have uh, kind of failed in the mission that he has given us and he's slowly taking his power away from us and though there is truth in these statements it is the half lies that often keep us trapped in these kinds of environments where now we begin to turn Christianity into something transactional very, very, very subtly. And it's something I wanted to talk about because first of all, it's a weight off of my heart to kind of speak about it. But also, I don't know where this finds you. Like Tuggy said, I don't know if you're going to listen to this 10, 15, 20 years from now. I don't know if you're listening to this now, but the power is the same. And I think that's the thing that I learned about this, how to battle this disappointment, like past disappointment and even present and future disappointment when it comes to the things of God and being a Christian. And when I say the things of God, I mean life in general. 
Because if you're of God, then everything you do is for God, through God, to God, for God. Um, it starts and ends with God. So this is like the how to deal with disappointments in the Christian life. And again, the reason why I say all this is because like we just never know. You you just you genuinely just never know where this will take you to and you don't know how far down the slope you'll go before you get lost in disappointment. And the thing about disappointment is when you take it back to Christ it becomes encouragement. Like everything that is meant for evil he turns it for good. For his good, for the good of his people and for our good ultimately. It 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 would be disappointing it would be true disappointment to find out that we that we handled all the disappointment in this world only to get to the end of our lives and have a major disappointment when it comes to where we spend our eternity on as Christians. That will be the biggest disappointment. I would rather stay with the one individual that God allows to always see me, to always know me, to always be around me, um, or, or even that, like that one individual that I never meet. I would rather God send me to that one person than for me to send myself to 20 million people just to come and find out that they got into heaven and I didn't because I was disobedient to the word of God. Um, that is crazy. <laughs> That is very, very, very crazy. And um, yeah, so that's it. That is the first part, disappointment. We're going to talk about the second. All right, point number two. Um, and this is the simplicity of the gospel. Uh, now, this has been a running theme throughout my whole life. Like since I began a relationship with God, like intentionally also unintentionally like i i saw aspects of things by his grace by his wisdom like not of my own um and what like one of the things that i saw was the simplicity of the gospel it is the most difficult thing to grasp but also the simplest thing to grasp um what i mean by that is um i'll give it in an example so a couple of days ago uh one of my other friends lily um introduced me to her niece uh she's maybe 10 or 12 i don't know i i hope that was her age age. um she looks 10 or 12 somewhere there um so she introduces me to her and she's like yo sit down and listen to her she has something to tell you um about the you know like she has knowledge on the Bible and it's very impressive. So I was like, okay, this is nice. This is nice. Um, I love talking to kids because yo, they have, they have that thing that we lack as adults. Like we grow up and it gets so, we get so caught up in the things of this world and the troubles of this life that we forget the simplicity of just calling out in the name of Jesus. So anyway, um, this young lady, her name is Rita, proceeds to break down the fall of man. Um, and not just that, she starts with the entry of sin um, and b- she begins the story from uh, the fall of Lucifer down to the fall of man, Adam and Eve, to the redemption story of you know uh, God and his redemption towards mankind. And I'm sitting there and... I'm lost for words, like genuinely lost for words because of how how well she's articulating this narrative. And it was so interesting because she was not like, you could tell she wasn't reading of something. She wasn't memorizing. Like she, she, she wasn't speaking what she'd heard. It was coming from a point of view of deep understanding because she was telling the story and I could see it in her eyes. Like I understand what I'm speaking. And it was so, so beautiful. And I asked her questions, you know, just like questions based of, uh, based off of what she, she'd said. And it was like this in very interesting conversation. Loved it so much. And at the end of that conversation, I, I, I just started thinking to myself and I thought of how we have scholars, people with degrees, with like PhDs, like they have all the knowledge in the world, but they lack the understanding of the gospel. And that's why I was saying it is a simple thing <laughs> to grasp, but also the hardest thing to grasp. Um, 
the second part of this season uh and you know we knew this from the start i knew this from the start it was going to be very very heavy and i never once questioned like oh am i leaning in too hard am i am i am i going you know am i being too harsh on the audiences or whoever listens with the topics that we have lined up and every single time it was like no you know like this is this is the word of god we are preaching it as it is and preaching the word of god means we preach in truth and in grace where we understand that we were all fallen and we are all in need of a redemptive savior in Jesus Christ and that because we have been saved doesn't make us holier than thou it makes it gives us a privilege that we then in turn get to and need to spread to the rest of the world and what spreading that gospel looks like according to the terms that Jesus gave us was to go out and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and that in itself is very offensive because we'll be coming up against our own mindsets, other people's mindsets and different ideas of how life should be working or how life worked. And that in itself is so problematic in today's society because what it means is saying a plain no to a lot of things, saying a plain stop this or this is wrong, this is not godly and having a conversation from that foundation. Um so it was it was obviously very very like it's 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 something that we really really considered like okay we're going to have these topics and we need to really learn how to navigate the space and even in that I'm sorry for the background noise um I think there's a very loud car that feels the need to rev um anyway so uh based on based on this understanding based on gosh like it's 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 blowing my mind over and over again because i was in a i was in a space where i'm like okay we we need to reevaluate and and not not reevaluate really be careful of how we make the word known make sure that we're not condemning people because that's not our space but make sure that we are rebuking because there needs to be rebuke especially in this in this day and age there needs to be rebuke there's a lot of Christians who call themselves Christians but Jesus would not call them Christians on the final day and they need to know so <laughs> after hearing from Rita um and having conversations with Tugi and all my other friends like just the different conversations and the different spaces that we've been in there was this 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 switch that kind of flipped in me and I was like why why am I why am I walking on eggshells when it comes to the gospel why am I or why are we as Christians why do we walk on eggshells when it comes to spreading the gospel and discussing the word among other Christians specifically why are we in a space where we cannot call each other out where we cannot where we cannot simply say something as it is in the bible well giving millions of justifications like okay i need you to understand before i get into this topic i love everyone god loves everyone it's like why why do we feel the need to go to that space constantly like to justify the word of god before we speak it because we don't want to offend people because we want to make sure that the maximum number of people come into the kingdom it's like why is that necessary why is it that as christians we cannot just simply say yo this is the word why can we look to jesus why can we look to paul like it's it's very interesting how jesus preached you know like if you if you follow his ministry just read it as it is presented in the word he came there was a large crowd of people he gave his examples he gave his preachings he gave his he gives his parables and he finishes with this very simple phrase over and over it's like let those who have ears hear if you're to translate that for today it would be like yo if you get it you get it and if you don't come find me <laughs> cuz basically that was what he did we see him preach to the people and then as he goes away there's those specific individuals that come to him and they're like okay explain this to us we didn't get it they're his disciples and other followers and it was very interesting because he didn't justify the word He didn't come and give disclaimers. He didn't come and say, "Okay, before I give this message." And the messages he gave were very controversial, and the claims that he made were equally as controversial. That's what got him killed, claiming to be God. 
And he didn't start this by giving all these justifications, but he did it in a direct way, quoting the word. He said, it is written over and over again. And he quoted from Isaiah. He quoted from from the law. He quoted from so many of the places he gave prophecies. And he said that this, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of God. And you must, it's not that, that you should, it's like you must obey it if you have any hope of coming into the kingdom of God. And he gave all this in truth, but in so much grace, because we see him in the same energy that he has when he condemns the Pharisees, the same energy that he has when he, when he extends his, his, his hand to the woman at the well, when he comes into Zacchaeus's house, like he, he, he comes in, like he, he gives truth and grace and he is unapologetic about it but today in christianity we want to overextend grace and underextend truth where it's like don't worry just come as you are and that's it and we spend decades in the church being as we were because that's all we were told just come as you are and yeah we don't say come as you are but you're not going to stay the same we don't say come as you are but you are broken and you are in need of a savior come as you are but we're going to call out some things and things have been called out in us and that's why we are where we are come as you are and we're going to correct your theology because it is wrong come as you are and we're going to edify you in your talent and make sure that it is directed towards christ exclusively come as you are and we will discuss this areas in your life where you are wrong where you are right and where we're in need of a savior come as you are but you will not stay the same it's so crazy that that is a controversial message today for Christians. And, and I hate, I hate that that is what the devil has done because he has become very successful in that. He has become a pro <laughs> in it. It's, oh man, guys, like I, I wish I could relay the hatred I have towards the devil for the lukewarm Christianity that surrounds us today. I completely understand the people in like in the world and we've not been called to judge anyone in the world we're called to judge those in in the faith and that is another topic that's coming up very soon I think it might even be the next episode uh, we yet to decide but like there's things in the faith that are so simple for us to understand but we make it so difficult because of layers and layers and layers of emotion layers of of of, of self-preservation layers of not wanting to offend of being pc layers layers and layers and layers that eventually make the gospel either very lukewarm or too rigid where like it's it is straight up you're going to hell if you don't do one two three when we know that that is just part of the message and then on the other side it's like whatever you do you're gonna go to heaven and that's that's one side of another argument that needs to come together and we need to walk the tension between grace and truth guys it's hard <laughs> it's very hard but it's so simple it's and 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 I guess like this is why I, this is why this was one of the things I wanted to talk about because I sat down later that night after my conversation with Rita and even days days later till today morning even I was just sitting back and thinking about how simple the gospel is and kind of asking myself why has it become so hard and it's because we have taken on the role of trying to make sure that every single person is included in uh, feels included in the word of God as we try to preach it so like how I preach the word to a Muslim is not how I preach it to a Catholic, is not how I preach it to a Protestant, is not how I preach it to a non-believer. Trying to come up with all these ways, and trust me, there's truth in that. There is, there is a logic in that, but we're trying to change the fundamentals of the faith to be able to make sure that every single person we approach, we're almost twisting the word to make it palatable for them. And in the, in, in, in our, in our quest to twist the word we have, we're forced to leave out some things. We're forced to not speak on some things. We're forced to kind of shade a lot of things just so we can quote unquote, get them in long enough so that we can tell them the rest of the word. And that's not how anything works in the Bible. That was not how anything worked in the Bible. It was unapologetic truth, holistic truth dealing with the situation at hand. And the situation at hand today is that there are a lot of idols 
There's a lot of false worship. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of sin in this world. And it needs to be called out in the lens of the Father who is a redeeming Father who loves us in every single thing, in every single instance, but he is a father who is just, a father who has let out his wrath on Jesus Christ to take on our sins so that we may be forgiven, and a father who is going to justly judge this world at the end of time. We need to make sure that that's known, and that is the simplicity of the gospel. You are in sin, you are no longer in sin because you're in Christ. You've been made right in Christ. And now let the works and the confession of your life be a fruit and a testament to the saving power of God. Simple as that. And that comes in the, the conversations we have with people, the way we live our lives, the way that the, you know, down to how we nurture our children and how we are nurtured and how we accept love. It's like, it is simple. Everything is written out for us in scripture, but it's the hardest thing to do. <sighs> it's hard, guys. It's hard. Uh, and again, it, it, it reminds me, again, going back to the conversation with the Chuggy. Yo, guys, my friends are cool. I love my friends because every single conversation we have with someone that I call a friend, it is so, so edifying to Christ and it just builds my soul. We were talking about, like I mentioned earlier, like, what if we were sent for the one? What if we were sent for that one individual? And I was thinking about it in, in the sense of the simplicity of the gospel. It's like, that one person is all God needs. Like, we can think, okay, we need to reach the millions. And that's a good thought to have. That is, it's a, it's a good prayer to bring to God. Like, yo, I want to work for you tirelessly. I want to make sure that a lot of people are saved. Every single person I come in contact with, my hope is that, we get to hang out in heaven because they saw something in me through you despite my brokenness and any issues I'm going through and gave their lives to you. But we get so lost and try to complicate the gospel to the point where we put the weight of salvation on ourselves. And we begin to tell individuals, or we begin even to tell ourselves and convince ourselves, not, not necessarily verbally, but it becomes ingrained in our character that, yo, if I don't preach the word to you and if you don't get it this one time, that's it. Like you're never going to get it. And I understand, like I need you to, I need you to go to, I need you to know this, like putting on the weight of preaching the gospel is one thing. Putting on the weight of being someone's savior is a whole other thing completely. Jesus, when he was sending out his disciples two by two, he told them, if you go to a town and you're, and you're accepted, stay there eat, drink, share the gospel and leave them with the blessings. But if you go to a town where you know there is a need for the gospel, but you are not accepted there, shake the dust off your feet and move on. It's like that, that, that wasn't to say that that town will be condemned forever. It was to say that the chance they had at that moment, they did not take it. And for as long as they're alive, they will have chance and chance and chance to be accepted into the kingdom of God, to be grafted in the same way we did. I guarantee you, I have, I have not met a lot of people and I don't think I'll ever meet someone who got saved on the first try. It's like Jesus came, they're like, all right, I'm saved. No, no, no. Very rarely. I, I, I don't want to say that will never work or that will never be a story, but it's going to be a very rare story. We have been presented with chance time after time after time. And it is only by his grace that each time he has met us at our most vulnerable, where we are like, okay, I need to consider this. And only by his same grace that even when we have not considered it, he has continued to pursue us. Because it's that simple, guys. A simple yes to God opens us up to understand all that he, he is and everything that he has for us in store. Whew. Again, another conversation that needs to be fleshed out. And I cannot wait to have a panel discussion on that. It's going to be so good. So yes, hold me accountable. Third thing. Um, wow, my hand is so sweaty. The stuff I wrote down is literally fading away. Um, oh, here it is. That, uh, I was trying to read it, guys. Uh, the difficulty of righteousness. Oh, this needs to be like a three or four part series. Um, so I've come from the simplicity of the gospel. And now going into the difficulty of righteousness. And this is what I mean by that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to dive too deep into it because I know it's a, it's a very wide topic. Um, but these past few weeks, again, I have been confronted by the difficulty of righteousness. 
like it's 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 a two part thing. The first part is um it's hard to believe that we have been called righteous by Christ. Again, it's a whole other conversation that, you know, we've been having throughout this this whole series and we'll continue to have. And I hope that we can one day just get to sit down and break down this whole idea of righteousness. Here's the thing. When you are saved, when you're grafted into the family of Christ, and this is something that Christians do and it just... I did it, so I'm not going to say like, oh, you're so evil and you're so dumb. But like, I was dumb for thinking it. And I would like it if you don't be dumb for thinking it. Um... You're not a sinner. No. If you're a Christian, you've been saved, you call yourself saved, and you are in the kingdom of God, you're not a sinner. You're a Christian that sins, <laughs> but you're not a sinner. The Bible says that we have been made righteous in Christ. The Bible also says that light and darkness cannot dwell in the same place. So stop. For the love of God. Man, we're in, in the season of Easter where we have seen and relived through you know plays or even just going through the uh, bible and all these things we have relived the pain that christ has gone through to take away our sin he did not do that so that you can come into his kingdom be a co-heir of the kingdom of god guided by the holy spirit washed by the blood loved by the father to call yourself a sinner no you're righteous and it's not pretentious it's not prideful it is the fact of the matter and it is a difficult thing to grasp because we don't see ourselves as perfect and therein lies the problem because you've not been called to see yourself as perfect You've been called to know that you have been made perfect through Christ who dwells in you. And not just that, the flip side of that is we've been called to understand that we will never be perfect. So Christ is like, listen, you have no hope, absolutely none in ever attaining perfection or righteousness. Let that sink in and let that be one part of this truth. But on the other side, he says, but you have been made righteous. You have been made perfect in the death and resurrection of the Son of God. So you need to understand, and I need everyone to get this, please, please stop calling yourself a sinner. It is a trap from the devil. Gosh, you're a Christian that sins. <laughs> There's a difference between someone that, that has stolen something, that has taken something, and a thief. A seasoned thief, let me say that. There is the lifestyle that grants you the title. Then there is the act that in that moment you have become a thief, like you've stolen something. But then there is a seasoned individual, maybe like, let's say a convicted criminal is like, okay, you were convicted as a thief, like that. that is who you are. Or, or even if we're to like break it down into like a more simpler way, um, th there's a big difference between a plumber, someone who is well-learned in the art of fixing up stuff and clogs and all these things in the house and me who can take a plunger and you know put in the sink and plunge away a block i don't become a plumber because i did that no no, no. but a plumber who is well versed in all these things they're a plumber by profession because that is what they do but that's not all they are Sometimes they eat, sometimes they sleep, sometimes they do a lot of other things that don't define them primarily as the profession that they're in. They will always be a plumber, a plumber that eats, a plumber that sleeps, a plumber that goes into the supermarket, a plumber that a plumber that turns on a light switch doesn't make you an electrician. No. The nature that you have within you, and again, I'm, I'm glossing over it because it is such a wide topic and I cannot wait to talk about this in length and in depth. But like the identity you have in Christ has taken you from sinner to righteous. It doesn't mean that now you do not sin forever. It's that when you sin, the blood of Christ that has made you righteous takes on that weight. And what that does, and Paul was saying this, he said that, you know, because you know this, because you have this truth, does it mean that you sin because you know that you're now righteous, because you know that you're now saved, because you know that grace is abundant? Does that mean that you now sin? No. It means that you understand the weight of what Christ did and you do your best through Christ, through the Holy Spirit that he again gave us. We make sure that we submit to him, that we may continue to live lives that are blameless 
And even when we fall short, we understand that we have given it our all and we're so in love with Christ and believe in the sacrifice he has given us that that is not held against us. So it's a difficult thing because this is the difficulty of righteousness. That's the first part. The second part, and again, yo, this needs like a 10-part series, is our view before God. Righteousness is the most amazing gift. Well, let me say one of the most amazing gifts that we've been given as, as children of God. But we need to understand one thing. The reason why I call this third point the difficulty of righteousness is because of the tensions that we need to walk in. And it's a tension that, that should spur us into going out and making disciples and baptizing everyone in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We really need to understand that the last thing that Jesus gave us, the last instruction, he wasn't just giving it as a man. None of his instructions was he given just as a man. This is God who has looked from the beginning of time to the end of time. He sees all, has seen every possibility of every single thing that could ever happen. And he has chosen to say, the last command I give you is to go out and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Why? It's because of this righteousness question. And this is why specifically. Stay with me. All right. <laughs> Again, we're going to flesh this out. Sinners go to hell. Not the sin. Understand that. Murder does not go to hell. If it did, then after Cain, there would be no murdering because the sin would have gone to hell. So the sin has remained and it plagues this earth and it plagues our flesh and our surroundings. But the sinners go to hell. Whatever sin it is, the lifestyle, the continual practice of that sin is what takes us to hell because it creates the one thing that actually condemns us to hell, which is a lack of belief in Jesus Christ. The more you find yourself singing, sinning when you're in habitual sin, however big, however small, quote-unquote, it is, it leads to a lifestyle of believing that the death of Christ was not that big of a deal, or it needs an add-on, or it needs ABC, but it in itself is not enough. And you don't need to read the Bible to know that. It is a confession of the soul based on how we live our lives. The nature of God detests sin and sinners. It's, it's such a controversial statement because people think, okay, well, are you saying that God hates sinners? Yes, God hates sinners. But it's not an act, like he's not sitting somewhere and saying, who am I going to hate today? Hmm, it's going to be sinners. No, no, no. That's why I started by saying the nature of God. A perfect God, when we read in the book of John, again, I, 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 I just quoted this, it says that light cannot dwell where there is darkness. The nature of God can do nothing with the nature of evil, the nature of sin. So when we come before God as sinners, there is a righteous hatred and wrath that is for us, that is poured over us. And it is only... This is why Jesus said, there's no way to the Father except through me. For that wrath to be quenched, it is only by the sacrifice of Jesus as we celebrate Easter. This is the weight of Easter. The very just, very true wrath of God that is in opposition to the things that we do and the nature that we are before we come to Christ. That is very real and very true and it is never expiring. It is justified, it is there to stay. That's why sinners are the ones who go to hell. Not the sin. The sin remains to plague, to hurt, to conquer this world because it belongs to the devil. And even the devil himself, he is gonna pay. So because we know that the sin and the sinner about hated in the eyes of God, we now begin to understand what exactly Jesus did when he died because he took on that. He said, God, this hatred that your nature has, the hatred that your nature has against the, 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 against the nature of sin, I will take the blame. I will be the perfect sacrifice that will fill that for any single person that gets to the point in their lives where they have the revelation that they are in need of a savior. For everyone else, 
apart from the common grace that we all receive, for everyone else, their eventual end is death leading to hell. And it is such a, it's such a controversial thing to say today, but this was the message. This was the message of John the Baptist. Like repent, like turn away, stop what you're doing. It is ungodly. This was the message of Moses. This was the message of Abraham. This was the message of Jacob. This was the message of Elijah. And this was the message of Isaiah. It was the message of John. Every single individual in the Bible, it points to Jesus. Because that is the story of the Bible. It is about this Savior who comes in to take away the sin of the world. And every single thing points to him. And all we're saying, all the Bible is saying is that this righteousness thing, it is a difficult thing. Because you need to get to the place where you understand that your father hated the sin and he hated you not on a personal, like he didn't pick you and said, I'm making you to hate you. No, no, no. The nature that is upon us is in complete opposition to him that it is hated. But he knew that th there is no way that this hatred can be reconciled except by a perfect sacrifice. So the same father who was just and said, it is a right thing, it is justice for my hatred to burn against sin and sinners. I will make a concession. I will make a way out for these individuals that are hopelessly lost in sin and there's nothing they can ever do that will bring them close to me. I will make it so they can know me through a perfect sacrifice and that is Jesus. It is a difficult thing. And it brings me to the end of this. Well, I guess this is now the normal time for it to be an episode. So this is going to be an episode. It brings me to the end of this where as I think about the future of the podcast, I think about the future of everything that we're supposed to do. These three weights are on me. And they should be honest. The difficulty of disappointment, the simplicity of the gospel, and the difficulty of righteousness. It's a sandwich of, 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 of pain and suffering, <laughs> very real pain and suffering that is very present in our lives, but that is in the middle has this very beautiful simplicity to it that causes us to know God and love God. And once we are in that very, very beautiful space, then the past disappointment and the question of righteousness becomes an easy acceptance that we walk in so freely. And I know that we're like, I, I, I kind of wanted to make sure that I say this today because the coming episodes, the and even moving on to the, like to, to the future, the one thing that I've learned this past few weeks is that we make it hard. God has made it so easy and continues to make it so easy. Even in our hardness, he makes it easy for us to understand his gospel and his heart for us. And if a child can understand it, <laughs> then we're in trouble when we don't. And that is the vow that I want to make to myself and the vow that I want other people who may be hearing this to join me in where we say that we're gonna make God known. We're going to make sure that we go above and beyond in our every single strength, in every single thing that we're doing to make sure that his word prevails. His word is incorrupted or uncorrupted or not corrupted. Forgive my English. Uncorrupted when it comes to the things of this world when it comes to when it comes to the compromises when it comes to the laws of this world like to make sure that we are unapologetically proclaiming the word because there are disappointments because there is difficulty in understanding righteousness but ultimately because and what pushes us forward is the simplicity of the gospel a great father that loves us no matter what and the conversations to come will be difficult because with that realization, then we're not leaning out. We're leaning in. We're leaning into, into the difficulty of all things where we're going to have the difficult conversations. We're going to have the hard conversations. We're going to have every single thing that it takes to make sure that we are getting into the kingdom and that we are in control of this earth by the grace of God, by his strength, by his mercy, by his kindness, to make sure that we're not just living to be saved, but we're living alive for Christ 
in this world to help the poor, the needy, and to spread the word of God. And I would love you guys to join me in the rest of this. And even if it's just the one, even if it's just the two, even if it's not for anyone in this generation and someone else is to stumble in this years and years later, as you come under the sound of my voice, may you not remember my name. May you not throw any heaps of praise on me. May it all go back to God as we watch in this life or the next, celebrating and cheering on the advancement of the kingdom. So I'll see you guys in the next episodes. And all I can say is brace yourselves because it's we're not slowing down. We're not slowing down. We have no intention to do that. Love you guys. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>